today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, CityCast host Bianca Martin and I tackled news out of the state capitol and some mini-news close to home. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss's war on woke means a potential cut to the University of Wisconsin system. How far is Governor Tony Evers willing to go to stop it? The state legislature is also serving up a keg-size overhaul of alcohol businesses. And a mice little art installation at Hilldale. It's Friday, June 16th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, where we scrutinize the headlines, take the second star to the right, and straight on till Madison. The sheriff of this here podcast, Molly Stentz, is on assignment, so it's a bag of nails this week. Joining me is the top enchilada, Bianca Martin. Hello, Bianca. Hello. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm sure it's not. Come on. (laughs) Just facts. Enchiladas are supreme. (laughs) Well, the first thing we're going to discuss this week is Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is making good on his pledge to wage war with the UW system for its DEI initiatives. Now, The first thing I want to know, Bianca, is did you know that UW had all these outdoor recreation stores on its campus? Outdoor recreation stores. Are you talking about like REI stuff? (laughs) Not DEI? Okay, that joke that joke that joke did not work. No. I'm sorry. All right, we're not talking about REI. We're talking about diversity, equity. So it did work. A little bit. We're talking about I'm sorry for starting it. I'm too German. That's the German in me. This is a very serious topic that I started in a slightly lighthearted way, but down to business now. Outdoor Afro. Republican Assembly Speaker, yeah, Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is making good on his pledge to punish the UW system for its DEI initiatives. And he wants to, he's basically proposed to cut $32 million from the UW system budget. And he came up with that amount because that's what he says the, the university spends on diversity, equity, inclusion. It's mostly staffers who take on these initiatives and programs. Um, so this is a quote from Robin Voss. They tell me we don't have enough people to be in engineering. We don't have enough folks who are teaching an awful lot of careers. But boy, are they able to find millions of dollars to put money into curriculum and to an ideology. Because that's what DEI really is. For people on the left, it has become their new religion. All religions are welcome. <laughs> we can unpack that uh, in just a second, but just the $32 million that he wants to cut, uh, the size of that cut is a little bit hard to square because WISPolitics reported that the UW system spends about 13, a little, we'll round it up to $14 million annually on about 185 administrators related to DEI. Uh, with most of those positions concentrated at UW-Madison, obviously the big flagship university, and UW-Milwaukee. This is kind of a a long-standing grudge that Robin Voss has been waging uh, against the UW system. It's very political. Now, UW gets its its funding and revenue from a bunch of sources. So, you know, even if Voss is, is successful in his cut, You know, the university system can shuffle things around, and UW officials have signaled a a real unwillingness to just do what Robin Voss wants and eliminate all these positions. And Evers isn't isn't for it, right? He's he won't. He said that he won't vote for it. He'll veto it. 
Exactly. That's the new twist this week. Governor Evers is vowing that he's going to veto the entire budget if Republicans make good on this threat to cut $32 million from the system. You know, he said to cut at this point, the University of Wisconsin system, when we have a $7 billion surplus is irrational. And I'm hopeful that will change before the budget is passed. Cutting $32 million, yeah. It's such a small amount, too. Yeah, like 32 It's just like, <laughs> can you spare some change <laughs> for it? Yeah. And then all this budget stuff gets a little bit nutty because $32 million is seems like an incomprehensibly large sum. But, you know, UW, it's like not even 1% of the whole system budget. So, you know, this is more uh, clearly more symbolic than it is like Robin Voss doing this for budgetary reasons, right? Uh, and, but, but Voss is also, you know, this is really turning into a game of chicken because Voss said he couldn't imagine Evers would veto the largest investment in public schools, the largest investment in, in generations for our local government, and more money for just about every other priority he has. And I think it's also really interesting what you brought up that in terms of squaring the 30, like where the 32 million came from. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like that's quite what whether you like DEI initiatives or not, it doesn't seem like it actually is $32 million. But Voss is right, though, that seems like, oh, you know, Evers should veto this. But that would push the budget back to maybe October. It would cause a lot of chaos for local governments just trying to craft their budgets. For the school district in Madison, like, they're trying, they, they have, like, a really mm-hmm. tough budget negotiation right now. And they need to know what they're going to get from the state. And if this is all put off, that just makes it all more complicated. So it's not like... There isn't risk if Evers vetoes th- this too. So it's like, is he yeah. going to go along with it? it who, who's going to blink first? It may, that makes me think of you know, when we spoke with um, Dane County Supervisor Dan Dana Pelabon. Pelabon. Yeah, Pelabon. Yeah. Yeah. When she said, I remember asking her about the you know the the, the county jail. <laughs> And just like, well, what's going to happen to the people who are there if we don't make a decision on this now? She's like, well, I'm going to put that responsibility on the the other side, basically, because they made choices, too. So Robin Voss being like, wow, it's really interesting for Governor Evers, you know, to 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 veto this. Like, well, there's a reason for it. And, and DEI. Speaking for myself and many people like me is so important. Like, there's a reason for these programs. I just feel like I want to sit down with Robin Voss. Like, that's how I'm feeling. Like, not no guarantee that we wouldn't talk past each other. But diversity is much more than race, and it's much more than gender. It's socioeconomic. It's age. It's ideology. You know, there's just about students. Like, you you're engaging with professors and students who have different backgrounds and experiences than you. And all kinds of studies point out like how crucial that is for like business students, for all of these things. There's trying to act like folks um, that these DEI systems are just for like a certain point of view or political standpoint or certain like teachings. And it's just it's just not true. Robin Voss didn't come up with this all on his own. Yeah. There's a conservative effort across the nation to basically dismantle uh, DEI offices and programs focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion at public colleges around the country. There have been 32 bills in 20 states doing the same thing. So Robin Voss is very much playing from a playbook that's on a national level that probably has a lot to do with like the 2024 presidential election. And this is just how it plays out locally. Well, I think it should be said, too, that DEI has been around for decades. <laughs> like these initiatives, yeah. like it's not something that's new with this new cultural wave. And, you know, it, it's there's that's, this that's a really good point. and an understanding. Yeah. 
Well, and how about like, okay, Robin Voss has some questions about whether what the point or what the effect of these DEI initiatives are. You know, a good a good audit, see what it does, a good report, figuring it out. I think we could all live with that. Yeah, go sit on in. Let's see if this stuff is working. That's I think that's fair, don't you? I think it's fair. I mean, A, like example A, Ms. Bianca Martin <laughs> sitting right here. Like, right, I, you can be part of it. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I love, I keep saying A, so now I'm on B. <laughs> I, I had a tough time in a number of financial things and things that came up. And I really relied on, I went into um, two DEI staff at, at multiple points and they were a very crucial support system for me and a community communities like I just think it's I've seen it with my own eyes so we'll keep a close eye on what happens there and and just the upcoming showdown again happening between Governor Evers and uh, Republican leadership in the legislature so before we dive into any more news uh, let's let's take a quick break and hear what Bianca's got going on this weekend Yeah, so speaking of of drinks and fun and festivities, um, there's some likely changes coming to our alcohol industry. An overhaul to modernize, streamline, and clarify our alcohol beverage laws. And that's to like keep up with the rapidly growing and changing industry. You know, all the breweries, craft breweries, um, wineries, distilleries. Just all the fun that's coming to our state. Uh, We're a little bit behind. So there's a bipartisan compromise 10 years in the making with wide industry support that is likely going to move in the next couple weeks. GOP leadership is looking to push it through pretty quickly before um, the Republican convention coming up. So hold on. They're just redoing all the alcohol regulation laws? They're clarifying it. They're cleaning it up. They're streamlining it um, because just because things have changed since the 1930s yeah since prohibition because <laughs> yeah wisconsin has like this interesting three-tiered system and i don't know i'm not an expert on it by any means but it basically was like if you own a brewery you can't have a tavern and if you're a, a distributor you can't own a brewery and that kind of thing yeah al capone is you know speaking his part up <laughs> up in heaven or whatever <laughs> well the, the idea was to prevent monopolies so what is this new overhaul gonna do yeah, so it's to clean up the old laws. Um, the Tavern League has said, said they're old laws and they're vague. And because of that, they've been unevenly enforced. And that's something the Tavern League has said with many other also distributors. And so there's this huge push. It's 156 pages worth of changes. But just like to kind of talk about the big things that you might notice or change in your life. We, we might see more wine, spirit, and beer products become available because, like you said, breweries are now going to be able to have uh, retail stores off-site where they can sell their own products because right now the laws are written that they are barred from selling their own products anywhere where production is not happening on-site. So um, stuff like that. Um, Another one is wineries are going to be able to stay open later. There's going to be like allowance for contract contractors for brewing, winemaking, and distilling. Right now, there are no laws on the books for contractors. And there's like a hundred <laughs> other you know, changes and cleanups. I don't know. It's reminding me of our conversation with um, former Alder Grant Foster. Like right before he was leaving the council, he made an effort to clean up old laws on the books that were just no longer really relevant. And I feel like it's that's one of the things. And so the industry is really excited, um, or many, many folks in the industry is, are 
behind this because it's going to probably ease some anxiety by having clarity around laws that are no longer consistent. And also I saw like folks will have more ease um, for investing in new small businesses, like with cleaner, clearer laws. So they know that they're investing in something, you know, above board (laughs) with how people are doing their business. Well, and GOP leadership is, like you said, has been years in the making, but kind of brought this up in the middle of all these tense budget negotiations. But this doesn't seem to be like an overly partisan fight. But somebody must be not happy, though, right? That's usually how these... Oh, yes. There's some barnstorming to happen. (laughs) Specifically private events happening in barns. Lots of barns like throw events, um, including weddings across the state, but also things like anniversaries and birthdays and that sort of thing. And they want to, you know, serve alcohol, but they're kind of one of the losers in this situation. The wedding barn industry is not happy with this. The wedding barn industry. Only in Wisconsin. Yeah. Only in Wisconsin. Maybe Vermont. Yeah, just like it's such a Midwestern thing. There's something that can be a good source of like supplemental income for struggling farmers and, and different different folks. And now, you know, with this this change coming to the reg- like regulatory change, it's going to require them to either get a liquor license and and plenty of wedding barns are do have licenses. But a lot don't. And so they either need a liquor license or a no sale at event permit so they can bring their own alcohol, but they can't sell it or have caterers with licensed bartenders. So it might end up costing more than it's worth, basically. And there have been a lot of vocal owners who are speaking up just like this is going to shutter our businesses. Meanwhile, you know, this has been 10 years in the making of negotiations and fights. And I saw a quote from one Republican assembly member who said basically you know we have got a complaint box full of complaints but we need solutions and so maybe a possible solution is some sort of exception for wedding barns because they feel singled out i saw pushback or at least concerns from representative francesca hong um you know she's we know her she's a local restaurant bar owner here and she you know is at least highlighting the concern that the new department we need really we need to make sure that they have the resources they need to both function effectively, but also like do outreach and effectively inform folks of what they need in terms of licensing rather than just like pushing this forward and then start enforcing fines and, you know, enforcing all these things. So. Well, it doesn't sound like she's totally against it when you have Francisca Hong and, and Robin Voss largely agreeing. Interesting. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> it all can come together. It's just like so, this is just such a Wisconsin story. That's why I wanted to bring it forward. I get a little get skeptical when it's like the industry is behind this. It's like, okay, well. That's true. I mean, to be honest, I was excited. The wedding barns definitely drew me to this one. Um, but I, I want to see, I hope to see more action related to drunk driving and, and, and efforts there to mitigate that. So... Our state has a complicated relationship with alcohol, Um, but to see something happening, you know, is that a leap? No. While we're talking, I think that (laughs) would be a smart thing to roll into this whole overhaul. Just to end things this week, um, there's a little bit of a scavenger hunt happening at Hilldale Mall. You found this, Bianca. What's going on at at Hilldale? It's a mouse hotel. There are these cute little miniature exhibits that are new to Hilldale and they will be permanent and they're very cool. Maybe even like Wes Anderson-esque. Well, why'd you a hotel? I thought it was a little cheese shop in an art museum. That is what it is. 
my first reaction was like, it's a mouse hotel um, because it's miniature and the artist is, he's got mouse in his name, right? Something. The name of the group is, it's a collective called Anonymous, like anonymous. Oh, it's a collective. I like it. So there's a teeny cheese shop and art museum can now be found somewhere at Hilldale, but the staff aren't telling people exactly where there it is. So it's something you can go out and find if you like little miniature art displays. I mean, who doesn't? I'm glad we told people about this. I think there's going to be a flood <laughs> of regular sized people. Regular sized people. Well, I just, I don't know why I said that. People. To go find this miniature cheese shop in an art museum. That just made me think of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That old classic movie. This would be perfect for them. <sighs> so if you ever get shrunk. If you ever get shrunk, head over to Hilldale Mall because they have a cheese shop and an art museum that are your size. Yes. No, it's really cute. And it's like, it, it's, it seems very, really thoughtfully laid out and looks very real and very quaint. And some things, you know, that are quaint- are nice 1930s era. Yeah, and the art museum is called the MMOMA, so the MoMA, so I guess Mouse Museum of Modern Art. Yes, which I love. All right, well, don't everyone go to Hilldale at once. We don't want to just <laughs> don't storm the overrun the place. <laughs> just it's gonna be a there's gonna be like where's the freaking little cheese shop? Or if you do, like tag us, make a video, and we will head there immediately. It's going to be like a, the Black Friday of old. Yes. Where people are just lining up to get in and there's, yeah, so keep calm, people. Yeah, the joke would be on us. Everyone will be able to find it. <laughs> the joke would be on us if we get there. Bianca Martin and Dylan Brogan indicted for causing a riot over a cheese <laughs> shop and art museum of small scale. Oh my gosh, we can get our mug shots. Well, that seems like a good place to wrap things up. Yeah. Bianca Martin, thanks for help rounding up the news this week, and we'll do it all again next week, okay? Heck yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz, A.K.L. Moman, and me, Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. If you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who likes the movie Fifle Goes West? Did you know it was Jimmy Stewart's last film? We're off Monday in recognition of the Juneteenth holiday, so see you back here Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Until then...